Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to this very special edition of Atlanta Business Radio. It is actually time for our Women in Technology series. Stone Peyton, Trisha Stezzi here with you. Today's episode brought to you in part by ARC, American Reprographics Corporation. If you print with it, print on it, or simply want it printed, head on over to arcinatlanta.com. Or better yet, reach out to Mindy Godwin, ask to speak with her personally. Let her know that Stone and Tricia sent you. You can reach her directly at 770-394-2465. And now here's your host, Miss Tricia Stezzi. <laughs> I love, this is my favorite part. I, I love coming down here and talking to these brilliant women on Business Radio X. So um, well, let's first start off with what is Women in Technology and what is bringing us all together. Um, it's an amazing um, organization and the mission for WIT, Women in Technology, is to empower girls and women to excel in STEAM from the classroom to the boardroom. So today we're going to be talking with um, some brilliant female leaders about on the topic of purpose, which is something that I think um, is is appropriate all the way from the classroom to the boardroom. You want to start early, but it's never too late to get started um, on your path to purpose. Um, and so in a second, we'll do some introductions, but I want to let everyone know that I know you're going to be dying for more of this content after you hear this chat we're going to have today and wanted to let you know that you can continue it with us by joining us at our WIP forum next Wednesday morning. Almost sold out, I hear. Oh my gosh, you better Almost hurry. Almost sold out. Get the last couple tickets. Yeah. This Gotta is your get chance. my ticket right away. Yeah, mywit.org. Um, so yeah, so Trisha Dempsey, um, CEO of, of Thrive Her, one of our guests today, will be in conversation with Penny Collins, the current CEO and president of WIT. And um, Trisha was a past president of, of WIT. So we've got some brilliance that's coming on that stage, too. So I look forward to, to that as well. Um, so to kick off today, I just want to kind of set a little, you know, context. I mean, why are we talking about purpose? Why is this important on Business Radio X? Um, and then we'll, I want to introduce our, our guest and we'll kind of dig into this topic a bit. Um, and so for me, you know, um, so I'm a volunteer pr um, program director for WIP Forums. You may have figured that out by now. Um, but in my day job, I help companies, um, unleash the power of purpose in their businesses. And the re the reason we do that is, is multi um, faceted. Um, one, it helps people in the business feel more fulfilled um, and be feel like they're contributing to a higher purpose. Uh, and things, you know, when people are more empowered and contributing their gifts to the world, they're um, more engaged with their work. And you can kind of put two and two together and think that, you know, that can lead to some great business um, returns. And so, in fact, I kind of want to just lead off at the top sharing a statistic. Um, let me pull this up. So I think everyone out here listening is, is, is focused on growth of their business, right? So there's a 2020 study out by Cantor Consulting, which has, they've studied for the last 12 years, growth rates of, of businesses and the median growth rate over these 12 years was 86%. So if you compare that to the growth rate of highly purpose driven companies, 
it's those are 175 percent growth wow. rate. So if you if you want to beat the median growth rate in your business by 89 percent, you might want to listen today and get some tips <laughs> and start thinking about purpose. And the other interesting point there was that um, the the companies that were very like not focused on purpose, like l- lower than average, had a 70% growth rate. So there's a real factor here to pay attention to. So um, with that context, uh, let me do some, let's do these introductions. So we have um, our first guest, Trisha Dempsey. I want to have you tell us a little bit about your background, but you are the CEO of Thrive Her um, and past president of Women in Technology. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Thrive Her? It's super exciting. Yeah. So um, I started Thrive Her March of 2019, and we've yeah. coached nearly 200 women in the last nine months on how to find their purpose mm-hmm. and how to get their career to the next level. So we provide coaching programs and um, group and one-on-one coaching and a sense of community, which we last night we just had our big party Thrive Live and yeah. I couldn't shut it down. It's, it was it was supposed to last two hours. It lasted five. I mean, <laughs> the excitement for that is really something special. But I think that what we found is that um, there are a lot of leadership programs and I know Julie's going to talk about those today. We just really are not in that space of developing, you know, strictly leaders. We're really in the space of helping people kind of unlock their mindset about things so that they can actually step into things. They're wildly qualified to do a lot of times, but they feel held back from or it's not accessible to them. So we really created Thrive Her to make coaching accessible to all professional women in a way from a price point standpoint and from an access standpoint. So whether you're a mom at home mm-hmm. or you live in North Dakota, you can get into our programs and kind of be a part of that community, which has really been thriving. No pun intended, but it really <laughs> has been. It's been so exciting and fun to watch. Oh, I love it. Um, and so I, I love the fact that you're bringing this perspective of the power of purpose in individual lives. That's and right. I said a little bit about the power of purpose in business. So that's a nice segue over to Julie, who is coming from the university world and is, um, I'm going to let you, you have some, a long list of credentials. So let me, let, <laughs> so you're the assistant vice president, um, at, let me see, let me get this correct, um, at Bernal University and also the head of the communications department. And I could go on because I, I read that bio and it's pretty impressive. Um, so, so can you um, tell us a little bit about what you're working on? And, um, I know specifically there's a program, your MBA program. I would love for you to share a bit about. Absolutely. Yeah. And as far as my bio goes, um, as we've just heard, you can put anything on paper, right? <laughs> so, so let's not, you know, let's not confuse that. But, um, yes, it's, it's so exciting. Um, Bernal University had the opportunity to partner with women in technology for, um, a few scholarships to our new executive women's that's MBA. Yeah. And so that's really where, um, we've had a, a collegiate chapter of women in technology at Brown University for many years, but um, this really took our relationship and our partnership to a new level. It's very exciting, and, and we appreciate all of the support from from WIT. It's such an amazing organization. But at Brunel University, um, I am, as you mentioned, the Assistant Vice President for Executive Programs, and I'm also the Department Chair for the Communication Program. Um, the Executive Women's MBA is our newest program, and in fact, our first cohort just started their classes Monday. 
So mm, we are exciting. right in the throes of the new year with the program and with these incredible women. Um, and, and one thing that was very important to us is we created this program and it's, it's the first program of its kind. So we didn't have a model to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we really kept close to our hearts and in our heads as we planned every facet of this program was exactly, um, what you just mentioned, Trisha, mm-hmm. which was access. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the barriers that are keeping very qualified, very credentialed women from taking this next step in their education, which oftentimes can be the catapult in their career. And what are those things that are keeping them from being able to do it? So mm-hmm. our goal was really to take down as many of those access mm-hmm. barriers as possible um, and to create a really holistic program for the women that are um, taking advantage of it. And Julie and I were just having this yeah. conversation out in the lobby that, you know, it's so great to be able to see a wide variety, the, the mix that you get when you can access people online and give, you know, access to them through the online platform. But then I love her cohort idea of bringing these women back mm-hmm. together and then they actually get to meet each other and they gel and they continue mm-hmm. that relationship. That's yeah. so strong to then go back and be able to still deliver the online platform. Don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that we find that is so important for women is, you know, these, um, very overt, um, discriminations are, are kind of gone now, right? Mm-hmm. So there's laws that protect us and there are all these things, but there's still these very, um, covert biases that keep women from excelling. And, um, and so oftentimes we don't feel like we have the permission to be the full leader that that we think we can be. And so having that tribe of women, that cohort around you that's encouraging you to really tap into your leadership and tap into who you are mm-hmm. and and unapologetically lead yes, and girl. perform mm-hmm. is so important. But my tagline is literally, it's your turn, it's your time. Because mm-hmm. I think so many of these yes. women, right, have supported their husbands, supported their children, supported their teams. I call it the crabs in the basket mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, that one crab she's trying to reach up and the others will just reach up and grab her back down. Not intentional. A lot of times we're mm-hmm. just kind of nurturers by nature. Mm-hmm. So we stay in the basket to make sure everybody's okay. But it's our turn mm-hmm. and it's our time. I think that's what, I mean, it's such a great message. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I and I love that you're both offering these two different ways, right? So it's, in other words, women have to, we see that there's these barriers, but there's mm-hmm. also these solutions out there. And so we can, you know, find find that support um, in, in different communities, whether it's, you know, any of the ones we described or others. But that's so important, right, to um, gain that confidence and kind of, it's women helping women. There's so much yes. power in that. Yes. Um, so Trisha, let me go back to you for a second, because obviously purpose is kind of my, um, in my heart Mm -hmm. and it's something you're very focused on. Um, can, can you tell us why it's so powerful? Like, let's get into that a little bit. Yeah, I think that, um, so here's the deal. Here's how we came about this class, pinpoint your purpose is we had it as part of our next level program. It was a longer program Mm -hmm. and it was included in it. Um, this, this segment on purpose. Yeah. And when I looked at the surveys after the classes, women were saying more of that, mm-hmm. more of that, more time of that, mm-hmm. more time of that. Well, our next level program was at a price point that you just couldn't get into it very easily unless, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to create programs that people never had to ask their boss mm-hmm. or their partner for permission to take. Mm-hmm. And so what we realized was we wanted, we saw this as one of the most powerful segments of our program. We carved it out and mm-hmm. we created its own class for it. And I'm going to tell you, so the first time I think we launched it, we had 44 women. Last time mm. we had 128. We mm. expect 250 or mm. more this next time because mm-hmm. this topic 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, I think more than anything, getting women to be able to have the time and space to think about what they really want and ask them those questions, allow them to be blank sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about my kids. I don't have to worry about my family, my mm-hmm. team really what they really want. Um, and then also try to get them to decouple that from their J O B and really think about where they are in their heart mm-hmm. more than anything else. So I always say the pinpoint your purpose classes, it's not hard work, but it's a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. So you really have to dig and figure out what makes you tick mm-hmm. and what makes you engage. But I've seen it. And this is what I think the big payoff is, yeah. is there's a filter that you get when you know your purpose of how to make all your decisions yes. in a much more clear way. There is a fuel that you get that energizes you. So I've been going like 90 minutes, you know, 90 miles an hour this week. I still feel great because I know that I'm plugged into it. And there's the sense of fulfillment that I'm actually making a difference. Mm -hmm. And those three things are what is like, uh, like rocket fuel for women, honestly. And I, I have, I've coached women all my life. This purpose Mm -hmm. issue is a real unlocker Mm -hmm. of potential, total potential. And then, you know, you look at Julie's programs where you can give women access to Mm -hmm. things they didn't think was possible before. It's a look out, look out in 2020. Um, In this next decade, we're going to make major strides as women. Well, and I'm so excited because, you know, in my, in my other life, I'm a mother of three and um, two of my children are girls Mm. and they've grown up truly believing they could be the president. They could be anything they want to be, but the only pictures they have of those jobs are men doing those jobs. Mm -hmm. And so right now I feel like part of our purpose as a community of women is to, to change that picture, right? To give some examples to these girls that have all of the confidence in the world, but, but they think that they have to lead in, in a different form. Well, And so they're only unlocking half their potential. And here's the deal. At Thrive Live, I was saying this last night. Tell your story to another woman. Mm. Because until women hear other women's stories, until they see those role models, they don't see it in our political climate Mm. yet. Not the way they hope that they will Mm -hmm. in future elections. But Mm -hmm. they don't see it in a lot of the leadership at the top levels yet. But they don't think it's possible because they don't see it. So Mm. it's important that we share you know, how did Julie get to where right. she is at Brunel University? How did yes. I get to where I am? How did Trisha get to mm-hmm. where she is? Sharing those stories is how we realize it's yes. really possible. Yes. And and also, I want to also touch back on this point you were making about that the we, we're kind of creating a new model, right? So there's sort of a way that men tend to do things or a masculine energy that we all have, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a way that's maybe more feminine, um, whatever that is, right? But we're kind of carving it out. And so kind of creating those new ways of doing things and models for that, I think, is part of this like sharing, right? So um, it's innovating and creating a new a new way forward in, in and, a sense. And it's like and like I said, it's it's unlocking the second half. Right. Right. Because there are times when I I have to use more of those traditionally masculine leadership right. styles. I have to be a bit more assertive or I have to do those that that many people would define as right. masculine. And that maybe I feel okay, I shouldn't tap into that because I'm a woman. And I haven't been given the permission to tap into all of it. Mm-hmm. And there are certain times when I need to approach a situation with more delicacy, mm-hmm. right? More graciousness. Mm-hmm. And there are times when I need to to attack something. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to do both. 
um, and knowing and understanding when and how to harness both of those energies yes. is, is really important. It's part of the big picture. Mm-hmm. I love the phrase unlocking the second half. Yes. I'm going to steal that. I love that. Oh my it's gosh. Yours. Well, <laughs> you definitely need to watch a video of um, one of my speakers at Significance is um, Nalima Bat, and she wrote a book called Shakti Leadership and everybody listening and, and my guests here need to read it, but it is about balancing those energies um, that we all have. We all have a masculine and a feminine energy mm-hmm. in us. Um, but right now the, the world is more dominated by the masculine energy. And so even the whole world isn't tapping into the full potential that we all have in a world and an organization and a person. And so that's, an, that's another resource we can all look to, um, in unlocking that other half, you that's know, right. and contributing it to the world. Yeah. Um, so where do we want to go from here in our conversation? Let's see. Um, What's, how about one of you tell your story? Let's share our stories. As we were saying, let's be an example. How did, go ahead. I'd, I'd love to hear you. I'd love yeah. to hear a story. Okay. How did you get where, where you are? Well, Julie? I took 285 now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You had a sense of humor and that's my favorite part. <laughs> you know, I, I think, um, well, I, I went to school for public relations. Yeah. Um, I did corporate communication and event planning for many years. Um, but like many women, um, my husband's career was also taking off. And so we moved several times for that. Um, and all during that time, I looked for opportunities to continue to grow wherever I was. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I got my master's degree, honestly, not thinking, okay, how am I going to use this master's degree? But I'm here and I, I have access to it. And mm-hmm. so why would I not get this degree? And then I honestly didn't use it for a few years, uh, but it was there. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, so then years after doing corporate communication, I had my first child and I realized that the grind was not as fulfilling as it once was. Mm. And I, I love when you talk about purpose as helping you to align. For mm-hmm. me, purpose helped me to create my priority list Mm -hmm. and it helped me to be okay about my priority list. And so I began to look at other, other options. And because I had my master's degree, just sitting back there, um, I foolishly, because I was very young, thought I was qualified for anything, right? And uh, my confidence had not been squished at that point. And so I called a university that my husband had passed on the road that he thought was really pretty. University. Yes, that it is all, pretty. I will say here, here, it that is was pretty. all mm-hmm. I knew about it. And so I cold called the communication chair and I, I said, that. I'm your girl. Go you should it. hire me. And looking back, I mean, you know, I probably was not as qualified as others, but, um, but I took that leap of faith. And, uh, Brunel really, I, I always say Brunel is kind of my Red Bull. It gave me wings. Mm. Um, it, uh, was a place where they truly poured into me and encouraged me to continue to develop. And, and so over the next several mm. years, I got my doctorate in business administration and leadership, oh. which opened more doors. Yeah. I actually defended my dissertation in the carpool line. Oh, love um, it. so, you know, <laughs> it's balancing and it's priorities and, um, it's just coming up with all of that. So that's kind of how I got to where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, how many years have you been there? 13. Wow. 13 years. I love that, that point in your, in, in your, I guess, career pathway journey, um, where you said you picked up the phone and you did it. Like, I think a lot of women, there's all these statistics that say, you know, men will, will pick up the phone and go for it if they have like 20% of the qualifications, but yes. women feel like they need to have 110%. So you were 
out ahead of the curve there. And you can see the results you got. So you went for it. And I think that's a lot of what Trisha helps bring out yeah. in people in that confidence. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I have a, I started as a seventh grade school teacher. I got my mm-hmm. master's because you could make 1200 more dollars a year at that time. Yeah. Fantastic. And I was like, yes. <laughs> um, and, but I, so I did that for five years and then I got into the IT recruiting and staffing business, yeah. which was so good to me. But if anybody's, yeah, I know a lot of listeners at WIT are in yeah. the staffing business, you know, yeah. it is a grind. Well, mm. I did that for 23 years oh. and, mm. um, and back in 2002, I was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And during that time I was president of another company and, and partner with a couple of gentlemen who, um, to give you some idea, I mean, I was driving probably 98% of the revenue during that time. It was a very inequitable partnership, but I was oh. young and I was like, so grateful that they took me on oh. and, oh, thank yeah. you so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I finally just came home one day, bald as a Q-tip and said mm-hmm. to my husband, listen, um, I just want to start my own business. And he was like, great. When you're finished with your treatment, you know, we'll get going. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, like, like tomorrow, tomorrow literally. Amazing. I had a moment just like Julie did where it was like a moment of clarity and courage, yes. right? And I went back in and resigned the very next day and I started my company that day. Mm. And I had that company for 13 years and grew it and sold it to a publicly traded company in 2015. Stayed on and served my non-compete, served, served my non-compete. I love my team in Atlanta. Yes. Agile, shout out to Agile. Amazing <laughs> company, amazing group of people doing absolutely wonderful, which I am very proud that they've kind of gone on after I've gone and mm-hmm. done more than I ever thought they would do. And, um, and then I got to this transition, by the way, let women will go through 11 transitions mm. in their life. And Julie mentioned one of them, mm-hmm. which is, Hey, my husband is moving from this career mm. to this career. And so three more than men, in a lot of ways, we just are natural, you know, we have to find ways to get transition. And every time we go through one of those, we feel wobbly. Mm. That's the only way I could describe it, right? You just feel like, I was this confident person. I had all this identity and now you shifted. Now we're in another state. I don't have a support system. I don't have my family. I don't have whatever Mm. I need to reestablish. And so I found myself like I had built a, ha- a lake house, a, my dream house up on Lake Kiwi in, in Clemson, um, South Carolina or near um, Clemson. And I literally went through this transition of not being a leader for the first time in almost 30 years. Mm. My daughter went away to college and we had moved to this remote location in Sunset. Shout out to Sunset, South Carolina, population 1100. Woo, woo. <laughs> um, and I was lost. I mean, lost. And I would sit in my chaise lounge in the morning and I'd have my little quiet time. I call it my happy hour. Yeah. And I would just sit there and cry in the morning. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is not me. This Mm-mm. is not who I am. This is not mm-hmm. me. What is going on? And I finally, you know, over books and podcasts and YouTube and yeah. talking with my coach and blah, blah, blah. I really came to this conclusion. Look, you've been coaching women for 23 years. Mm-hmm. I estimate I've coached over 4,000 women during mm-hmm. that time. Why are you not coaching? That's what you love to do. And my, my, my coach said to me one day, you meet with your landscape architect and you coach her on her business model. Like you need to be coaching. Yeah. Um, and when I finally decided this and for any women that's out there and they're in that transition time and they're just feeling wobbly or just feeling frustrated, mm-hmm. once you align with what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. the universe has a way of like yes. opening all kinds of opportunities mm-hmm. to you. And all of a sudden, I was looking at evidence and I, I would start to tell people, I'd say, Hey, Julie, I'm thinking about doing coaching. And the next day, Julie would send me a picture of something around coaching. I mean, I would go to yeah. 
ski in Park City in my refrigerator. I closed my refrigerator door and I kept knowing the word Thrive was going to be part mm. of my company because I love Ariana um, Huffington's book Thrive yes. and all about kind of sleep and wellness and kind mm-hmm. of wisdom and all of those things. Yeah. And I'd go skiing in Park City and I'd close the refrigerator door and a, and a Thrive sticker would be on it. I'd be mm. in the shopping line at Whole Foods and there's a Thrive magazine right next door. So it just was clear through a lot of different confirmations that this is what I was supposed to be doing. And I yeah. am geared for this. I am built yes. for this. And when you feel that way and people don't believe it, it's kind of right. like finding true love. My yes. mom used to say, love's easy, babe. I promise. And I was like, not until I found my husband, mm. that was a bunch of baloney. And then I found my husband. And I was like, that's what that mm. feels like. So if you don't feel that way, you got some work to do mm-hmm. and it's so worth it. The yes. gr- it's so worth it to get there. So mm. that's a little bit about my story. Oh my gosh. I love your story and I so relate to it because, yeah. and I want to spend a little time on that, that word clarity, because mm-hmm. I think that that's what it all really Huge. comes down to. And so how do we get it as an individual, as a business, even as a community? Um, once you have it, it changes everything. It's the filter. Um, like for me, I was lucky enough to start that journey. You know, you said you read books and podcasts. I did the same exact thing you did. Yeah. Um, I just did it when I was like 24 because I had a role model for it earlier. I wish yeah. I had that at yeah. 24. Yes. Yeah, I do too. So that's why I'm saying like classroom to the boardroom. We all need to be doing this and sharing this with, with mm-hmm. men and women of all ages. Um, but really what I figured out was what you did, which was, once you have this inner clarity and you have to listen to your own body, it's almost like a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when something's right or wrong. And that is a, a guidance that is like a pointer. If something doesn't feel right, then it's like shift, it's a compass. shift out of it. It's a compass. Yes. And then you'll find it. And once you find it, then, then you'll start seeing the opportunities because yes. you have that filter on. Like you said, I think it's like a, I think it's like, I think of it like a chain. Like first comes clarity. Then comes the courage because you can't deny it at some point in time. You have to, you have to pick up the phone and call Brunel and say, you're, I'm your girl. I'm not qualified, but I promise I'm your girl. Then comes confidence. So Mm -hmm. we always want confidence to come first, but confidence doesn't come first. To me, courage comes first. Mm -hmm. Then you have to do it. Then confidence Mm -hmm. gets built by doing it. Mm -hmm. So I think women are always waiting for like, I hope I just, you know, wake up one day and I just have Mm -hmm. confidence. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you've got to pick up the phone. You've got to make the move. You've got to resign from your job. You've got to put a plan together. You've got to work your dream one Mm -hmm. hour a day. You've got to take some courageous moves. And when you have that clarity, you get that, you build that authenticity that people feel. So when you make that call, like for in your example, they can feel it. it. It's different. You outshine the competition. You're passionate. And you start to, you start to understand and believe your worth at that point as well. And I think that women tend to say, I'm going to do the best job. I'm going to work harder than everybody else. I'm going to do the best job. And people are just going to, see it and Mm. reward it. Right. And so we kind of sit back, whereas um, men typically will say, I'm going to march right in. I'm going to tell you what I'm worth Mm -hmm. and I will expect that reward. And so we have to go, you know, through those links of the chain and get Mm -hmm. to that valuing ourselves and knowing our worth so that we're not afraid when we're doing the work to scream it from the mountaintops and make sure everybody we knows we're doing it. We are about to have church. We are about uh, no. to have preach, church. Preach, girl. <laughs> it's funny you said that because my, I did a survey when I started Thrive Her and the top two things that women came back with, one is I don't feel rewarded or recognized for all my hard work. I mm. call it the Sherpa syndrome. I've, <gasps> I've talked about this a lot. I'm fascinated with Mount Everest climbs and mm-hmm. just watching. I would never do it, by the way, but, mm-hmm. I, but I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. 
And the Sherpas are the heroes of getting people to the top of Mount Everest, mm-hmm. but they make one tenth of what a guide will make. And I've told mm. lots of women in my classes, stop being the Sherpa. Mm. If you ever want to be the guide, you've mm. got to stop being mm. the Sherpa. Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you this one student that I had that actually she worked for wit for a long time. That's now living in St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. She had her best performance review of the year after mm. taking my class. And she called me and she said, I am on fire today. I just want you to know it's just amazing. <laughs> and her boss said, what has changed that they've, she's worked there for a very long time. Mm. What has changed? And she said, I feel like I really understand my purpose here every day. That's beautiful. Huge. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's it, that's a perfect example of of integrating that right into the business too. So that individual human being found her purpose, and then it contributed to the what the business can do. Can you imagine if all your employees were instead of being disengaged and and unproductive, they were living their purpose at work? So there's a way to do that in your job. You don't always have to quit your job and that's right at, to live your purpose. That's right. Sometimes you can live your purpose in your job. It's just a matter of understanding what are your unique that's gifts right. that you. You're lucky. You're lucky if you get to. Yeah. yeah, you're really lucky. Yeah, but and I'm curious. Was, I'm curious. Did you have mentors and co- and people that you kind of had that made you have that courage mm. in the first I'm, place? I'm the youngest of four girls, mm. um, and so I think some of it was just you know grit. I mean, I remember being raised, and and my dad's um, favorite saying was "rub some dirt on it." You know, like don't sit around and complain. You fell off your bike, rub some dirt on it and keep going. And so I think, um, I was raised with a little bit of that, but I have been extraordinarily fortunate to have incredible people and mentor might not be the best word. I've had incredible cheerleaders. Mm. I've had just amazing cheerleaders, uh, men and women at every step of my journey, school, career, um, that have kind of said, you can do it. You know, don't, don't back down, yeah. say yes, and then figure it out. Mm-hmm. Don't say, wait until I know all the steps and everything I need. Say yes, take the chance and then figure it out. I remember teaching my first class and, um, I, I didn't know what I was doing, frankly. And my husband said, well, how are you going to teach this? And I said, I'm going to read one chapter faster than all my students. That's, That's what right. I'm going to do. <laughs> um, so you say yes and you figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't close you don't close the doors to opportunities yourself. There's enough people that are going to close doors for you. So I think it's just keeping those doors open and then finding those people who are going to cheer you on. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're not teaching you the job or teaching mm-hmm. you what you need, but they're giving you that courage. Yeah. They're helping mm-hmm. to, to reinforce that courage. I think it's a great reminder for leaders mm. to verbalize and recognize it in the people that they lead because we don't see it on ourselves until somebody tells us a lot of times. Yeah. And there's a hundred examples I can think of in my career where somebody said, you know what, why aren't you doing what they're doing? And mm. I said, I don't know that I can do. Yes, of course you can. You know, it was mm-hmm. always those kind of cheerleaders then build, helping you build the confidence yeah. and, the, and take the courage to make steps. Mm-hmm. But it's a great responsibility of leaders to recognize that in the people that they lead, mm-hmm. that they see something. Because when somebody understands somebody sees, then they rise to the occasion right. to do it. Right. They just don't want, you know, they, you just stir something up and it make it happen. Yeah. So I think that's such an important point. But I was going to mention too, you know, one of the things that, um, the other things that women had told me in their survey was I don't have a role model or, Mm -hmm. or a mentor. And I would say, you know, we've created this resource, um, thrive-her.com slash fierce, these 50 fierce women to follow Mm. 
because I felt like that when I moved to the lake, I didn't have anybody to talk to. All these people are retired. They want to play golf all day long. That's not my jam yet. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but you know, he, a lot of people don't have the mentors, mm-hmm. um, to push them along. Or if they do have mentors, they say, well, I meet my mentor for lunch, you know, once or twice a year. That's oh. not enough momentum. Yeah. You have to be plugged into like Julie's program or my program or to women in technology mm-hmm. to experience that on a frequent basis. Mm. Consistency of learning a skill. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't pick up, you know, C++ programming with one read of a chapter uh, in right. a Microsoft book today. Sure. You have to practice and you have to get in a cadence of being mm-hmm. around other people mm-hmm. that elevate your game. Mm. And I, I really enjoyed, um, Trisha, with your program that in addition to kind of broad based programming, you have these networks, you have these small groups, yeah. because I think you've got to get surrounded with a, at least a couple of people who aren't afraid to call you out. Oh, yeah. Right. That aren't a, afraid to hold your hold you to the fire and and say, OK, you're not doing your best or why didn't you make that phone call or why yeah. didn't you try this? Yeah. Um so the cheerleaders are good, but you also, you need a couple of people that you trust mm-hmm, yeah. to be the, the critical voice, the hard voice there. And, and I love that your program provides yeah. some of that nitty gritty. We, we call it the Thrive Tribe and it is like a powerful group of women who really are very cheerleader with each other. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I was standing with two women last night and one woman developed an app. I hope she's listening today because I was so proud of her. <laughs> developed an app to create recipes because she was a single mom. Always came home late at the end of the day, mm. was exhausted and didn't know what to cook. So she created an app for moms who can use whatever's in their kitchen. Is this brilliant? Sign me for, up. Right? I'm getting it. I'm on. And she, <laughs> and she kept saying, I'm just really fearful that when I launch my app, I'm going to get bad reviews. When I launch my app, I'm going to do And the girl that brought her said, mm. can you, who, who, and I, and I said to her, who else here has launched an app? Go walk around and ask who's launched an app. You had the courage to even create the app. Right. The and she goes, the app is amazing. Now she was, Every time the lady said something that was just more demure, her friend just was like, enough of that. You've got it. You've got this. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was watching this interaction taking Mm -hmm. place and I was like, this is exactly what Julie's referring to. Mm -hmm. Don't let me off the hook. Mm -hmm. Don't let me settle for less. Help me settle for more Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's powerful. Yeah, it's like we all need these um, personal coaches. Yeah, and we need a bunch of them. Like you know, it, and it can be in the form of our tribe. It's somebody we could hire, or whatever. But we need to figure it out. We need it. I, I was saying to Julie before you got here. I believe if you're a professional woman, mm-hmm. you have to have a coach. Mm-hmm. The problem is coaching is not affordable for right. most professional women. So we're that's why at Thrive Her we're really pushing the vision, the heart that I have is bringing coaching to an affordable level mm-hmm. for every woman who says, I want to be able to figure it out. Yeah. Every woman. So important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's, again, it's the access piece, right? So we have to break down those barriers and this yes. is a great way to do that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, I had that experience too about finding your tribe of women and, and, I found a tribe that's purpose related. I found one that's conscious business. So you can find whatever, like, again, follow that, that calling and that, you know, compass, uh, that's your yep. clarity and you'll find a group. Yep. Um, but you, you should look for it and it's worth the time because you will um, really shine from getting that type of yep. support. I have, I have one, I have a tribe. I, we call ourselves yeah. the party of five. There's yeah. five of us women. I, one of them I've known since when I had my baby, oh, 19 years. We've been that. getting together every quarter mm. for 19 years. And now that's been now a party of five, but oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> I live for those women mm. live and we would support each other to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have that. And it's important too, I think to, to start to, 
to understand that you may need more than one, mm-hmm. right? Role model or mentor, things. because yeah. there's different things. I'm not going to the same person to right. ask about my healthcare needs that I'm asking yeah. about my parenting style. Yeah. And I'm not asking somebody about my professional needs that I'm yes. asking about, you know, flowers to plant might, mm-hmm. well, which would be none because I kill them all. But, <laughs> but, you know, there's different people that we need for different areas of our lives and, yes. and not trying to make one person meet all of those needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important because I think it would be really easy to get discouraged and say, my coach didn't help me do all of these things. Well, your coach is there to do this job, this mm-hmm. function, and you may need a tribe of mm-hmm. people right. um, that are all kind of helping you with different facets of well, your life. And even when I had my own business, even mm-hmm. when I had Agile, I had multiple coaches, one of which has a, a, a show on Ra- Business Radio X, Bill okay. McDermott, fantastic mm-hmm. financial coach. I had a personal coach that helped me with work-life balance types mm-hmm. of things. I had another coach that helped me with leadership issues. So I didn't have just one coach. I had probably a half a dozen at least the last two or three yeah. for a long time. I mean, those people would, the, until I sold yeah. my business were like on the phone with me every single day yeah. before I got everything signed and done. I couldn't have done it without them. I think I'm so thankful that you're sharing that because mm-hmm. you know, people don't know what goes on behind the curtain. They know that you're this successful person. You sold your business, da, da, da. but we need to, like, this is beautiful sharing. Yeah. Like this is what it took to get there. Like, and we, so that, I mean, we can help each other by sharing. And we knowledge. struggle with the same thing everybody struggles yeah. with. Like so many times I would call my coach and I'd be like, I have to have a really difficult conversation with yeah. an employee today. I just need to practice this with you. Mm-hmm. Like that is a really common thing that we would have mm-hmm. a conversation about. People think, well, you know how to do that. I've got to fire some mm-hmm. so today and I need the words, the right words, the compassionate mm-hmm. right words to be able to say to somebody or you know, I'm struggling with, you know, my, my family is off because somebody, some illness is taking place or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel off. How do I show up mm. and really be authentic? Cause my employees need to know sometimes you just don't have all your ish together. Yeah. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, yeah. those are very common topics. I think yeah. people think we think strategy and yeah. PLs and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 That's all nice. That's not what we talk about most of the time. We talk yeah. about life. I want to also talk about the flip side of that too, because it feels really good to help people. So Mm -hmm. if you're asking someone to be your mentor, you can remember that they're usually getting just as much out of it than as you are, because people want to share and they want to help. And that can be part of their purpose. Like what their, these are their strengths that they get to share with you. So don't be afraid to make that call either because it can be win-win. Yeah. Absolutely. Someone said to me yesterday, empowered women empower women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one of you our know? signs and last night oh on our gosh. thing. I just, I love that, right? That, mm-hmm. that if you're truly an empowered woman, you're not the person yes. trying to keep it all to yourself. You're the right. woman that's trying to make sure other women are, women mm-hmm. are coming alongside mm-hmm. of you. Um, and I just think that's so powerful. Can yeah. I make a comment? Cause this has been on my heart. This yeah. is really, this is really one thing I'm learning personally mm-hmm. is that, is that, um, we need to learn to ask for help. Mm. Okay. So some of us are decent at that. Most of us don't want to admit that we need it, but we need to learn to ask for help. And then this is the big lesson I'm learning right now. Then I need to be in receiving mm. mode of the help. Mm. So I think what women struggle with a lot of times is receiving help. We're so used to propping everybody up mm-hmm. and fluffing everybody's up and making sure you have every last thing you have. And now I just need to be 
open in my heart, in my mind to allow someone to offer it to me. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, no, it's okay. I'm okay today. Yeah, I'm okay today. Right. Instead of saying, you know, Hey, don't, don't, don't worry about bringing a dish. I've got it all covered. I'll, I'll take care of all that. Yeah. Instead of work, you know, saying, you know, I mean, people come to our lake house. It's like a resort for people and they get there and I'm like, and some people say, Hey, here's a hundred dollars. You know, thank you so much for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, Oh no, no, we got it. And a thousand dollars later, I'm like, I should have taken that hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But there's lots of little Little things where mm-hmm. people are willing to help and it's the yes. gift that they're trying to give you yes. to help. And we need to learn to be able to receive the gift of help as women because mm-hmm. we're so used to propping everyone else up. Mm, that's a, that's I'm so learning important. that. I'm learning that personally. And it's, when we really think about that, we're denying them the ability yes. to serve, right? To we're denying them the ability yeah. to give their gift. I think it it changes the paradigm a bit. Yeah. So yes. it's not us being weak at that point, which right. I think has been the mentality yeah. for so yeah. long. Um, but it's really about allowing somebody else to shine in that moment. Yeah. I think it's also about being authentic. And when you're authentic, yes. you will be more successful. So Absolutely. it's like, this is what I can do. These are my priorities. So I can't say yes to everything if I want to yeah. be successful. And so that means you've got to delegate some things or ask for some help or build a team or, Mm -hmm. and all of that. So, um, it is kind of like continuing to be true and listening to that compass. And, and, um, sometimes that means we need some help. Yeah. Jesse Itzler talks a lot about having only a defined number of buckets, right? right? And so you decide what those buckets are based on your purpose and your priorities. And if somebody asks you something and it's not going to put a drop into that bucket, that's your sign to say no. And so you've got to define those and know what those are. But then all of your energy can go to filling those buckets. In I your love life. that she just quoted Jesse Isler. That <laughs> tells me a lot about you. I love that. I love him. I love him. I totally agree. We're in the zone here. We're in the zone. We're going to have a great in the zone. I, I, had, I had put out this one. I was sharing before the show that I didn't do a Christmas tree and pro- people probably think I'm a humbug or I don't love Jesus. I love all of that. But I, but I hear I, at Christmas time, I didn't decide to do a tree and I, I had sent out an email. I sent out an email every Thursday in my community called Thrive for Thursday. And this particular Thursday, I usually write something that I hope is helpful and coachable. And I was just having a really crappy night and mm. I was writing it and I'm usually have it a week in advance, but I was like 942 the night I was getting ready to write it. I finally yeah. write it and I just wrote what was in my heart, which was, I feel stressed. I feel wound up by the holidays. I feel at the urge of every person that has something that they want to get done before December 24th. Mm. And I resigned my fact to I'm not going to get it all done. And I'm going to choose to do things over the holidays that bring me energy and feel mm-hmm. easy. And if they don't bring me energy and they don't feel easy, I'm not doing it. When I thought about putting a Christmas tree up, I thought, for what? My husband and my daughter are going to Park City the very next day. I'm going to take the Christmas tree down by myself. That doesn't feel energetic or easy. Mm-mm. But I put up my manger and I've mm-hmm. honored the holiday and all yeah. of those things. But it, it's just like that kind of Jesse Isler mentality yeah. of if it doesn't fill me in some way mm-hmm. or being conscious of mm-hmm. I'm with Julie and she fills my cup. I'm with somebody else and they drain my cup. And what am I going to allow myself in the energy field of spending more time with somebody mm-hmm. that's going to do that for me? Huge. It's like um, being conscious and, and pausing mm-hmm. and instead of just being on autopilot and going through the motions. Yeah. This is what we do at Christmas. This yeah. is what we do That's every right. day. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. It's really um, important to invest in yourself and say, wait, is yes. this serving me? You and, have a choice. And listen to your your body really is telling yeah. you like, you know, inside yes. um, what feels right and really giving and honoring This that. is exactly what I was saying about feeling mm-hmm. it in your body. Yes. I was saying I had a cold sore. Yep. 
I was dehydrated. Yep. I hadn't slept through the night. Like my mm-hmm. body was like, warning, 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 yeah. warning. And finally I woke up and I was like, this is, I mm-hmm. know something's off and I'm about to make choices to rebalance yeah. it. The problem we get into is when we think it's everybody else's problem and fault that we got into that, into the first place. Good point. We allow it. We have to fix it ourselves and it's our responsibility to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, the, but it starts in your body. I totally agree with that. And yeah. You can live in the blame game for a long time. Uh, yes. Yes. I have this little image from like, you know, the roadrunner, um, and then this anvil dropping on, on, yes. on the head. It's, it's like, um, you can listen to the whisper or you can listen to the, the word, you know, the feeling, or you can wait till the anvil drops yes. on your head. It's going to be more painful. Yes. So the better we get at listening sooner and acting yes. sooner than the less painful the adjustments we need to make will be so i think that's a really big tool to put in our, yes. our toolboxes yes i feel like i need to print that um visual out <laughs> yeah just i know put, it on the put a big anvil with, on with the anvil with the anti like ghostbuster yeah. sign on the anvil yeah. that's, <laughs> it. that's it i feel like it needs to be just prominently placed on yeah. my desk as a reminder it's so true it's so true yeah so a lot of this is is really about um honoring you know what is really going on within us pausing enough to know what that is like take some time um do you guys have um like a daily practice that you do or how does that work i i start every day um exercising for me uh, and i don't know if it's the the biologic piece yeah. that you know the rush of endorphins or mm. what but i think i'm um a much more pleasant person to be around if i do that in the morning and i i carve out that time mm-hmm. um it's also time that i can focus on me my children are still asleep the emails haven't started coming in um the phone isn't ringing and so i can i can kind of shut down during that time so mm-hmm. i i definitely do that um to start my day every day Love that. Okay. I'm a big morning routine person mm. too, except mine is so casual because at the lake, we don't even take showers until like halfway through the day most days. And so you get up, we just have a really casual, I've never been like that, but we have a really casual mm-hmm. morning, but we have, um, we have, we did the, the mir- the miracle morning, um, by Hal Elrod. We did a one month challenge on this. And my husband, who, if he ever knew anybody, knew he meditated every day, he'd probably be humiliated. But now he does. All the women in America know. Um, I just want to point out really quickly that as soon as you said that, every single person down. in the room picked up their pen great. and started I'm gonna writing do, it I'm going to do it with my Thrive Tribe in 2020, okay, the Miracle Morning. But here mm-hmm. is the practice is he calls it savers, S-A-V-E-R-S. It's mm-hmm. silence first. So I always start with meditation. Mm-hmm. I start with meditation apps like Calm or Abide. Um so savers, the A stands for affirmation. So mm. I have a daily affirmation. I am a healthy and wealthy woman. And then I have different things I say about myself in those two categories. Mm. The V is visualization. So I think through mm. my day and I think about it with such purpose. Like, hey, you know, I'm meant to be here today with Trisha and Julie. Mm. What is my intention oh, in that, that meeting today? And what do I really want to end? What energy do I want to bring? I'm, mm. I'm switching segments all throughout the day, but I'm really conscious about my intention. The mm. E stands for exercise. Mm. And even if it's five minutes, it's literally like stretch, yoga, stretch, do some step ups, you know, do some squats, literally just get your heart going. Mm. The um, S-A-V-E-R reading and the last one is to scribe or journal. Mm -hmm. And this is one thing that I I I was just talking to my daughter coming down here about journaling. Mm -hmm. And I was telling her that most journals, you know, most times you come home from work and somebody says to you, well, how was your day? And what I've started to really try to get in touch with for my own self is this this question. How am I feeling Mm -hmm. today? 
So my journal starts every day with how am I feeling today? And I try to get ahead of my feelings. So if I'm overwhelmed, if Mm. I'm, you know, I woke up this morning, I was like, I feel dehydrated. I really, you know, had too much to, you know, not too much to drink, but just not being enough in water over Mm -hmm. this last day. I feel a little exhausted. I feel, you know, blah, 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 blah. And now how do I shift that before Mm. I get into my day? Mm. Because my feelings are just the vibration, but it all starts on how I think first. Mm. So then I'm back to grounding myself in thoughts. I'm about the back to saying, what's my intention for today? How do I go about this day? So that is um, a huge part yeah. of my morning. And then I literally yeah. go out and we have tea and we sit and talk mm. for a while. And it's just so relaxed mm. because I'm not rushing to get ready. I'm not getting in a car for an hour and driving in Atlanta traffic. Yeah. It's just such a different pace. Yeah. And it's such, it's been so good for me physically and mentally and spiritually to be in that environment. It's just been incredible. But that's, that's a reli- you, yeah. religious routine in the morning. For and me. since you can compare the before and after, you can really see the difference it makes. I should, if we can I, fit that I in. Should, I should, lives. I should get you a picture of yeah. what I look like in 2016. Mm. Google photos did one of these <laughs> things over the holidays. Yeah. Here's oh, yeah. you in 2016. Here's you in 2019. Mm. Y'all, I didn't even notice that. I don't, I don't even recognize oh. that woman. Wow. 30 pounds lighter, yeah. big smile on my face. Literally, my skin was glowy. And I looked at myself back there. My, I mean, it just looked sickly. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. this is before, this is when I was in this rat race and I just couldn't kind of remove myself for a little of that. Can you relate? Oh, right. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> and if you ever see somebody who loses their job and you see them 90 days after they lose yeah. their job and they've lost like 30 pounds and they mm. look great and they're sleeping through the night. Yeah. Sleep, huge routine. Sleep, yeah. Sleep, huge routine. That is my one unbreakable rule. I've Sleep. never in my life pulled an all nighter. I didn't oh. in college. I didn't in grad school. I didn't with babies. I, I mean, yeah. to me, sleep is so precious. Sacred. Yeah. It is just the one thing I will not, I will not sacrifice. Yeah, that's very wise. And there's so much science behind it. Now yeah, we talk about it. Right. It used to be like, oh, let's compete to see who can do the most on least sleep. And that's sort of like old fashioned. It that's is outdated. Now. To Julie's point, I think it's the number one um, mm-hmm. lever for how I show up the next day. Mm. Number one lever is how I sleep. Yeah. And then waking up, starting with hydration, starting with water, really kind of getting my body happy with getting mm-hmm. beat back yet, number one. So I love that, actually, we're really talking a lot about integrating uh, many things, right? The physical mm-hmm. with our thought process and our careers. So it's like um, around, uh, this topic of you don't have a separate life that, that's your job, separate family. I mean, this is your life, yeah. and you have to make it all work, and your body is part of that, and it's giving you some like guidance all throughout the day and Mm-hmm. Using that can really change everything. Well, going back to purpose, you know, purpose is not your J-O-B. Mm. You're lucky if you get to have it be perfectly aligned. Yeah. It's how we are with our families and our churches and our communities and our jobs mm-hmm. and a little bit of everything mm-hmm. in our life. So it doesn't, it's not just our job. I agree. It's almost to me, it's about how do you contribute your unique special That's gifts, right. talents, personality, whatever it is to the world in all these aspects and break down those silos. Like wherever you are, are you there? Mm -hmm. Are you contributing? And then if you are, you feel great and everybody feels that. 
And Trisha, it goes back to what you said earlier. If we can help to um, unleash the purpose in our colleagues and in yes. our employees, mm-hmm. you know, our our businesses are unstoppable at that point. Right. Um, and, and so we do have a responsibility as leaders in all of those spheres, leaders in our families, leaders in our communities, right. um, in our places of employment to help others unlock that purpose and mm-hmm. to encourage it and support it and nurture it because what's good for them becomes good for everybody else. Everybody is seeking um, to be contributing to something greater. We all know how good that feels. Well, and I, you know, one of the students on my class one day was saying, you know, un- talk, we were talking about underperforming employees. Mm. And one of my students in my class said, I don't think those people don't have potential. I think they're not aligned with their purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. So me doing accounting eight hours a day oh would God. look like a very different Trisha than yes. me doing coaching eight hours a day. And so wouldn't it be a wonderful conversation if in employ, if in employment settings, we mm. could say, Hey, listen, I really want the best for you. I really want you to live your purpose. I can tell this is not it. You're a wonderful human. It's so kind. It's so, yeah. it's so gracious and generous. I yeah. can tell you have gifts and strengths. This is just not where you need to right. be. Let's work on where you yes. can get to that. And that may be very, um, pie in the sky, but I think it would be such a great mm-hmm. dynamic to change the dialogue mm-hmm. in the workplace versus Trisha, you'd have made your quota this week, mm-hmm. you know, this, this month, this week or this month. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, I hate. Even the thought of thinking about my quota, I hate it. Yeah. Somebody else would love right. thinking that about that. Them. That would be motivating too. So um, recognizing that it's not the person, it's the misalignment the of yeah. that. And it really is not necessarily even that they're capable of getting there at some mm. point in time. It's that their heart will never be in it. Right. They'll never be able to perform at a level that someone who's passionate and skilled like innately for that will be, you can learn a craft, but I mean, are you really passionate about something? Um, And that makes me think too about um, how important culture is in companies. And that's a big piece of why um, these purpose driven companies outperform because they're going to get the best talent. When you have culture that feels good, that understands that empowering people brings out the best in them, like all these things ladder up to successful businesses. And so I would love to know what you've seen Mm -hmm. in businesses that's really tactical and practical Mm -hmm. that people listening could say, Mm -hmm. this is how you help create that in your organization. Mm -hmm. Like, like what's give us, give us a couple tips. What have you seen? Yeah. Right. Well, number one, I think it really has to start at the top. So, um, you know, you can have little projects that are purpose driven and that is great, but like to really succeed, you want, that this to be like in the DNA of the company mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be siloed in, you know, your CSR department or your, you know, HR department, but it really should, should be, you know, why is this business here outside of making money? Every business is there to make mm-hmm. money. That's like par for the course, but why are we here and, and what are we doing and what are we contributing to the world? Mm-hmm. And if the leadership can set that filter, that North star, then it should um, be a piece of every single decision that's made. So like companies like Patagonia, they, you Great know, they do that. Closing at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And every single decision they make is really, truly guided by that purpose, not some mission statement on a wall in which, you know, mission, vision, um, those things are important, but purpose is different than that. Purpose mm-hmm. is like, why are we here doing this? And what, what are we all contributing to, um, outside of the making money, which mm-hmm. then ironically, 
makes you make more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, so one, so I guess that there's one tip is, is getting that clarity at the top of the chain so that it can then filter through every decision in every department. And then, mm-hmm. that, then you have this cohesiveness and everybody is part of this movement, you know? Um, and so that, that work is, well worth it to really gain that clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like, for example, Nike's purpose is something like, um, we support, um, athletes with blah, 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 something. And then it says everyone's an athlete. So uh, it's not like we will, you know, um, be the biggest shoe company right, in the world and blah, right. blah, blah. It's like, what is right. it, the essence of what we're doing here? You know, have you read, um, the infinite game by Simon Sinek that just came I out? Love him. Said, yeah. I love him. I love I, him too. Uh-huh. So I just read yeah. it at Christmas time yeah. and he talks about something called the just cause. Mm. And, um, and he talks, so, so I've, I've been thinking about, well, how do I incorporate this into my class? Because, mm-hmm. because the just cause is about your job, yeah. right? So it really is. Now I understand my purpose. Now I understand the gifts mm-hmm. I bring to the world. Now, how do I align myself with a just cause yeah. and an infinite game kind of way? And if, if everybody's not read that book, mm-hmm. the finite game says, you know, we play four quarters of a football game. There's yeah. a winner. There's a loser. A lot of businesses operate that way. And you made the comment earlier, yeah. we don't want to be the biggest shoe company and uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. That's a finite game, right. right? Because at some point in time, you're going to be, and then what? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to try to turn people into athletes and mm-hmm. help them see the athlete inside of them, now yes. that's an infinite game mm-hmm. kind of purpose statement, mm-hmm. right? So, um, but that is a really good reference for anybody that's kind of thinking about, yeah. well, how do I apply that to now? Mm-hmm. What do I do every day with it? Yeah. Um, and, and are you applying it, um, in terms of like how you treat your employees, how you treat your customers, even your supply chain? Like everything should be, uh, it's not like a separate, you know, silo over here. Yeah. And it's like it really should be, um, integrated. Yes. And I think with a lot of these, it's, it's also, um, being willing to try it yes. out. I think True. this is going to help us get to this point. Yes, it's a journey. Let's, let's give yeah. it our go. Let's try. Yes. And some yes. of those things are going to fail. Some of those things are going to fail miserably. Right. And being able to say, you know what? We learned this lesson from it and we're better than we were before because of that yeah. knowledge. And now we're going to try the next thing. That's um, huge. And, and just continuing to move forward yeah. towards that North Star. I really like yeah. that. Exactly. And, and really truly looking at it. It's always a journey because even, even if you are integrated and da, 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 like, you know, using that Patagonia example, they don't stop. They're going to continue That's and right. evolve and evolve over time. My coach right now is I'm in the middle of this coaching session for myself right mm-hmm. now called setting an impossible goal for mm-hmm. 2020. And one of the concepts that she teaches is failing 100 times a year. Mm-hmm. So giving yourself the opportunity to fail 25 times a quarter going for the result awesome. you really, really want. And so my goal this year is to literally like, this is an impo- this, sound, this is going to sound crazy impossible when I say it, but I want to increase the audience of women that I launched my products to from 1,200 women mm-hmm. first of the year to 100,000 women. That mm-hmm. sounds impossible. But if I get to 80,000, I'm going to transform my business, transform the lives yeah. of a lot of women. Mm-hmm. So it's how do I set these things every quarter mm-hmm. that allow me to be able to kind of pursue mm-hmm. what it takes to get to that goal, knowing I'm either to Julie's point, I'm going to learn yeah. or I'm going to win. Yes. There's a, I mean, those are the two those outcomes. Are the only two That's right. right. It's a beautiful. Right. And take the risk. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember um, hearing um, Sarah Blakely, the CEO of Banks, talk about a um, practice they did around their family table, uh, dinner table. And it was instead of, you know, tell me something from your day, you know, what something good that happened or whatever, they would say, 
everybody had to go around and say, what did you fail at today? Mm. So they had to be constantly taking risks and saying, I failed at this today and getting comfortable with failing and failing fast and having that mentality, like go for it. Don't be afraid to fail. And it steals the stigma from failing. Yeah. You know, I, um, I trained in Krav Maga for a, a number of years and I remember the thing I was most scared about was taking a punch. Mm. And I thought, I can never take a punch. I won't recover. I, mm. I won't be able to get back up until I took my first punch. Mm. And and it hurt. And Holy it was not moly. pleasant. <laughs> but then I said, oh, my gosh, I didn't die. Wow. Right? Yeah. I got yeah. hit. It stung. Yeah. Rub some I, dirt in it. Rub some dirt on it. <laughs> and and you kept going, right? Yeah. And so it took the sting away from the, the fear mm. of that punch. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then all of a sudden I could tap into this completely mm. different yeah. level, you know? Yeah recognizing your power yeah resiliency yes the first time i the first the big one of the big failures i had first year i went live on facebook which i didn't know what the heck that really meant (laughs) so i'm i'm going i'm telling all my friends follow me today i'm going live i'm going live i'm going live Mm -hmm. so i got all these people following me i go live on my personal page and not my business (laughs) page and my friends are all like where are you you're on your personal page, Trish. Hang up, hang up, get on this other page. And I'm like, <laughs> we're all waiting. I learned, I learned so much. Yeah. Well, the good thing is we all make mistakes. And again, it's, it's sharing them that makes us feel yeah. okay with not being perfect. Yeah. Cause that's a big hurdle is this perfectionism thing. Perfection is not the goal. And if we remember it's that, it's a soul it crushing myth. Yeah. It's a soul crushing myth. Mm-hmm. And as women, I think we need to work on that yeah. one sometimes a little more than others. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Somebody shared a quote with me yesterday. They said, instead of trying to squeeze into the glass slipper, continue mm. working on breaking the glass ceiling. Yes. Oh, and I, I think that's that. it. We all want to look <laughs> perfect and we all want to say the perfect things. And sometimes trying so hard at perfection takes mm. our eyes away from that bigger goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, circles all the way back to purpose, right? So yeah. if you are really clear, then I think some of those other little minutiae details of imperfections or whatever fall away because you are focused yeah. and you know yeah. what really matters for you. And it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Oh my gosh, I love this conversation. Can we stay here for like five more hours? How we do? Oh What's gosh. the topic? <laughs> well, we're going to be starting a new series every day. We're talking know, about right? purpose. It'll I be know. our. It'll be I our know. New well, practice. you know, Penny. I talked to Penny yesterday, and she said that the WIT individual registrations were at an mm. all-time high. Woo. They're almost sold out, um, yes. and they're and they've got I mean, 180 people. I think the venue will hold 180 people. Yes. So. They're going to go above that because they know they'll have people yes. that don't show up that morning. But, That's right. um, you know, people are excited yeah. about this topic. Yeah. It's so empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody, like we were saying, you, it's a journey. So wherever you are, we can meet you where you are. You can get started. Um, it doesn't matter your age or how, or if you've even heard of purpose, That's come right. learn it. Or if you're really familiar, you'll pick up more tips, um, more stories, more examples yeah. and build some confidence and. Take and hopefully meet, meet some incredible yeah. women to add to your tribe. Yeah, totally. that's right. Oh my that's gosh. Right. Last whip forum, what we were talking about that we had a new hashtag. I forgot. It was like, um, she tribe or something like that. Right. The point is that's what we, we are at with is women yeah. trying to help women and we're all learning yep. and sharing. And it's not actually not all women because that's, that's an important right. point to make. Absolutely. We, all people should be helping all people. Yeah. And, um, so we have a lot of men better yeah. part of that journey yeah. as well the so. smart men all come to wit yeah they really do <laughs> i know they really do it's true because they are unleashing the other half to circle back yeah. to um the potential we all have is you yeah know, i'm stealing that yeah i love that oh my goodness well thank you both for joining us today on this awesome 
program about purpose and women in technology, let's remind everyone that they need to get their tickets on mywit.org to hear, you know, um, Penny Collins speak with Trisha Dempsey next Wednesday wait. morning. Can't Come wait. out for breakfast and networking and, and, and get a little wiser and pump up your energy to start your day on, on Wednesday at Maggiano's. Um, and I'm, I'm just so thrilled that we started this. I feel like you guys are now in my tribe. I hate to, <laughs> hate to break it to you. You got some, a new tribe member. Um, so, so let's continue supporting each other and, um, sharing this out with as many people as we can. So. Um, thank you, Julie, awesome. for being here with thank us and everything you so you're doing. What with, a joy. Yeah. Appreciate Great it. Great job, Tricia. Okay. Thank you. 